brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. You're listening to the Raptors Rapture Podcast. What's up, everybody? Thank you so, so much for listening to another episode of the Raptors Rapture Podcast. As always, I am your host, Hunter Surplus. Guess what we're talking today? It's Toronto Raptors. Shocking. Shocking, right? This is going to be a fun episode, despite it just being myself talking to you you folks out there. We're always going to start off with the news on this show, but after that, second half of the show, I'm going to give you five or so predictions depending on how I'm feeling five or so predictions on how I feel about the rest of the 25 games for this uh for this Raptors team I'm recording this Monday uh February 24th I don't know late afternoon I guess that doesn't really matter so there's 25 games now but if you listen to this after the Bucks game on Tuesday night then it might be 24 games uh but the predictions are going to hold true frankly it's a good time to be a Raptors fan in the city of Toronto as they didn't lose to a 42-year-old Zamboni driver this weekend on Hockey Night Canada like the Toronto Maple Leafs did. The tides are turning, folks. The Raptors were talked about on Trade Center. The Raptors have been victorious in 22 straight months. Yes, I said it. The Raptors are taking over Toronto. I don't know if that's true or not, but it feels like it is. At least with my friends. So that's that's it from a Leaf slander. So like I said, we're going to start off with a little bit of news here. The Raptors are back on track with a couple wins uh, against the Suns and Pacers after All-Star Weekend after losing to the Nets, breaking that massive winning streak that we had going on. The win versus the Pacers was the largest point differential in franchise history with 46 points. Matt Thomas had a huge game, which was always fun to see him shooting. I think he was 5 of 7 from 3, played like less than 15 minutes, had a career high uh, 17 points, I think it was. He was unbelievable. That was so fun to watch. Uh, Pascal Siakam kind of getting back into the swing of things offensively. I know they aren't playing the best teams, per se, on the defensive end of the floor with the Suns obviously not being the best and the Pacers not having uh, Victor Oladipo out there. Regardless, two big wins and some impressive performances coming from this team look like they're really really getting on track here and getting into the swing of things at the right time hopefully they're not peaking too early with those two wins the Raptors, especially that that 46 point deficit win the Raptors now have the second best rating in the NBA according to NBA.com basketball reference is a little bit different they have them at third behind the Lakers uh, whereas NBA.com has them tied with the with the Lakers for second with a 7.1 net rating very good very, very good. And they also have the third biggest margin of victory, which is just under the Lakers. The Raps are actually sitting pretty firmly in second place right now as the Celtics are two and a half games back from them in second place. So it looks like they're probably going to hang on to that. They do have 25 games left. It's not the hardest thing to make up, but with the way that they're playing, 
it's it's going to be tough for the Celtics to do it no matter how good they're playing, which they are. They're playing really well. They had that really good game against the Lakers on Sunday afternoon-ish. Uh, that was a really fun game to watch, fun game to talk about. Twitter was going crazy about that. The refs kind of screwed them over, but it was regardless fun game to watch. It's going to be a fun race for the second seed. We do know how important it is. I am going to get to that a little bit later in the show when I talk about my predictions uh, so I'm going to try to leave it at that, but it does look like they're going to be the second best team. They look like they're the most possessed and, and poised to take over the Bucks if the Bucks do end up falling in the second or third rounds of the playoffs. It looks like the Raptors probably do have the best chance, but at the same time, they're also coming off a, a, a franchise best 15 game winning streak. So you're always going to be a little bit more optimistic when that happens. But there's really good reason to. They've been playing really good basketball over the past few months. They've been playing basketball all year really well. They're hopefully going to be fully healthy by the time playoff comes. Uh, Marcus All's still out, but hopefully he comes back by then. He's got 25 games, got a really long time to come back. They're probably going to nurse that and let him get healthy. Uh, the Bucks probably are going to get to 70 wins. Uh, and, you know, that's a pretty crazy thing to say that they're probably going to get to 70 wins. But, you know, the Raptors do look at least uh, like they're going to be a contest for the Bucks, which not a lot of teams can say. And, you know, the two teams, like I mentioned right off the top here, the two teams are playing on Tuesday night. Um, I don't know if it's going to be a great indication of how the series might go. I know a lot of people get excited about it and say, oh, if the Raptors win, that means the Raptors are going to go to the NBA Finals and are going to go back-to-back. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I think both coaches and both players are going to be, uh, both teams rather, not just not just players, both players. Um, I think both coaches and both teams as a whole are uh, going to um, play around and, and try to just throw stuff at the wall to see what sticks because this is, I don't want to say likely a playoff matchup, but it's very, very, very possible that this could be a playoff matchup. And we both know that both these coaches are some of the best in the league when it comes to drawing up plays for their teams and, and, and creating systems for their teams to be most successful. So I wouldn't be surprised if at least this one, when both teams are playing really well, which they have been all year, uh, Nick Nurse and Mike Budenholzer both kind of come into the game thinking, yeah, you know what, we can we can both kind of experiment here because a the bucks have such a big lead on on the on the first seed and and being that best team in the league i don't think anyone's going to catch them they're getting up to 70 wins probably like i said at least 67 68 69 and the raptors are like i said when when talking about that second seed the raptors are looking like a pretty firm spot there but you know Boston could always come in and and it does look like maybe Nick Nurse knows that the long run is a little bit more important especially because of last season how how that ended up with them actually uh winning the NBA championships I don't know if you guys if you guys remember that but that did happen so like probably trying to figure out what is going to work against a Giannis or a Middleton uh, Bledsoe and whatever ways to stop those guys the best. I'm sure Nick Nurse is just going to be trying stuff out, and and you can say the same thing for Budenholzer. It is going to be a fun game. That doesn't mean it's not going to be a fun game. It doesn't mean it's going to be a uh, a game that you shouldn't watch because it's going to be the two best teams in the East and two of the hottest teams in the league right now going up against each other. All I'm saying is is maybe don't look at this as a possible finals or conference finals matchup and the way that this plays out is going to be exactly 
how that series plays out. I would say maybe the games further down in the season, uh, the ones that they play uh, probably are going to be of a note as to as to what a potential playoff series might look like. Both teams are, are going to be getting ready and ramping up for the playoffs and trying to get them into the mood and into the game and all that kind of stuff. So it's a tough thing to gauge because they're not quite in quote-unquote like load management mode quite yet. And they're not quite in the stage where like they're going to be going full throttle all the time, at least for both teams. Like we know that the Bucks haven't been playing their guys for more than like 30 minutes really all season long. I don't think that's going to change in a February game against the Toronto Raptors just because it might be a playoff matchup. Giannis is going to play more in the playoffs. Middleton's going to play more in the playoffs. Uh, Siakam plays a lot now, but he's probably going to get more minutes out in the playoffs. With all that being said, me kind of shitting all over this game, It'll be a fun one to watch. It's it's obviously going to be my most exciting one of this of this week. It's going to be one that most people are looking forward to, not just in Toronto, not just in Milwaukee, but around the NBA. I think it's going to be fun to see Siakam and how he reacts into games like that. We saw him struggling a little bit on the offensive end. His numbers did drop from his earlier bit of this season um, over that like 15-game winning streak, and now he's back into it. He he scored more than 30 in the past two games against some relatively weak defensive teams and, and now going up against a good defensive team and, and a guy like Giannis and some big guys in the Lopez twins who can really shut down that paint. Um, we'll see how he can he can get back into it and see if he is, is going back into it. Um, so that's that's exciting. And, and lastly, for the news portion of things, Nick Nurse reached 100 wins in only 139 games game so congratulations to you coach um you're the man i i do think that he is he is obviously up there for one of the best coaches in the league uh up there with like the spolstras the budenholzers the popoviches uh of the world so congratulations to you coach and we will be right back in just a minute with my five predictions for the rest of the season okay so getting back into things here my predictions, like I mentioned, I've got five of them that I'm going to go through. I mentioned up at the close to the top of the episode here about the Raptors uh, being in second place in the Eastern Conference. And my first prediction, not exactly the most bold of predictions, but I think that they're going to stay there for the remainder of the regular season. We know the Raptors had a bit of an easy stretch in their schedule the past 20-ish games really that was really their easiest part of the schedule and going forward they've got the 10th hardest schedule but the team that's closest to them in in that race for the second seed is the Boston Celtics and they have the 12th hardest schedule the Raptors are now projected by 538 at 57 wins which would be tied for second place with the Boston Celtics both teams to me obviously know how important that second seed is because you'll be playing a team like the Brooklyn Nets, who probably won't have Kyrie Irving, or like the Orlando Magic, maybe the Washington Wizards. Um, And both those teams are a whole hell of a lot worse than the Pacers, Sixers, if they drop down without Ben Simmons, the Heat, if they somehow drop down to sixth. Um, But it looks like it will be the Pacers, and both teams know how much easier that first series is going to be. So both are going to go for it. Uh, I just think that the Raptors' ceiling is a little bit higher in terms of what we've seen so far, and and it's more attainable 
than maybe what the Celtics are going to be able to put out there for these last 25 games. My second point and prediction is an award for the regular season or like a recognition for the regular season. And that's that Pascal Siakam is going to end up on the second team all NBA. He was an all-star for the very first time this year. And I think he'll be a second time all NBA player for the first time in his career this season. And yeah, you know, their argument is that he has missed a relatively large amount of games, I guess. But at the same time, he has been probably the best player and most important player on a team that is second in the Eastern Conference and third overall in the whole NBA. 23, just over 23 and a half points, seven and a half rebounds, three and a half assists, 46.4 from the field, 36.7 from three. You know, he, he is playing unbelievably well this year and you can't discount his defense. His, his late-game defense, they might not go to him so much offensively late in the game, but when they go to him on the defensive end there, uh, he's always generally guarding the, the other team's best player between him and OG Ananobi. I think he he deserve, deservedly will get on. Um, if he doesn't get on second team, it, it will be third team for sure, I think. Uh, to me, it's undoubtedly LeBron and Giannis in the top two forward spots um, for the all NBA teams and then you know that second team I think is is pretty much I don't want to say wide open for him to take but I think it is almost a guarantee locked up position uh, between him and Kawhi maybe you can throw a, a guy like Jimmy Butler out there I don't think you can throw out a, a Brandon Ingram I don't think Luca's going to be a guard. Bam Adebayo isn't going to get in over Jimmy Butler, and he's even probably a center. I don't think Chris Middleton's going to get the love that maybe he deserves. I don't think he deserves to be up there, and I don't think Jason Tatum is is quite there yet. So uh, Pascal Siakam getting the second team All NBA seems very feasible to me, especially with the amount of time a guy like Paul George has missed this year, who has been playing relatively well, but you know hasn't hasn't played up to the potential that he had, especially since joining a, a much, much better team in the LA Clippers uh, compared to where he was last year when he was like a top five, top three MVP candidate pretty much throughout the whole season. Uh, so that's that's my second prediction. And moving on to number three, another award is going to go to Nick Nurse, who's going to win Coach of the Year. To me, he's probably, if not the, if not the front runner, he's got to be number two behind the Bucks coach, Mike Budenholzer. And that's only because uh, it's it's pretty hard to see a team win 70 games and not have their coach win coach of the year. I'm not sure it's ever happened before in the NBA. But at the same time, what Nick Nurse is doing this year with a very depleted roster, with two of his top eight to seven to six guys on the roster last year were basically being replaced by much less talented people, or at least that's what people thought. Um, what he's done shouldn't be discredited or discounted by any stretch of the imagination because he's been able to put together this team and really put them in the best situations to win no matter who's on the floor, who's injured, who didn't come back to the team last year. Uh, they're really defending their NBA championship like no other team when 
they're in the scenario that they're in. I don't think any other team really in the NBA would have been able to do this when they're quite obviously best player in the league, or not in the league, sorry, on their team left them after winning a championship. So Nick Nurse has to be either the front runner, front runner or or just in second there. And and to me, I don't think the Bucks are going to win 70 games. I know that it's been going around the league that they've wanted to go for it. They want to be the third team in NBA history to get 70 wins. Um, but I also do think that they can get away with resting their guys and they're going to look at playing Giannis if they do even play him uh, in some of these games down the stretch only you know 25 26 minutes to keep him fresh and then Middleton obviously they're probably going to try to keep him fresh Bledsoe uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we see any of these guys missing time especially when you look at Giannis and how he's kind of ran away with the with the MVP award it it wouldn't really make sense for them to aim for that 70 wins unless the Lakers somehow go on like a 15-16 game winning streak and maybe make it look like they're going to be the ones who are going to have home court advantage in the finals uh, if, if they do end up getting there. So to me, I the Bucks probably play it a little slow, uh, but that shouldn't discount anything from Budenholzer. Um, also, you know, Budenholzer did, did win coach of the year last year, and I think they'll probably look to Nick Nurse and say, you know, you took this team to the championship last season. You really were a great coach in the playoffs against a guy like Budenholzer. You outcoached Stevens. You outcoached Budenholzer. Uh, you coached Steve Kerr at at times, and it's probably going to be a bit of a, it's hard to say legacy vote here because it is really his second year on the job. So, you know, there's not much of a quote-unquote legacy to be to be given up to him. It's not like he's been around for so long and has never won it. But he, he is going to get some some respect, and he's, he's well-deserved. So I, I think that, that he is going to win the Coach of the Year award um, when those happen, I guess that, that's after the season, same with the Pascal Siakam one, but, uh, nonetheless, that's, that's how I predict it. Uh, my fourth prediction is that Matt Thomas is going to get Patrick McCaw's minutes from here on out. He's only averaging, you know, just over 10 minutes a game. He's shooting over 50% from the field, over 50% from three, and has really just been getting better and better as he's been getting more and more minutes and more and more opportunity. Uh, coming into the season, everyone just kind of thought that he was this sharpshooter from three that was going to come in from Europe and and help this team stretch the floor and and be basically like a great value version of Danny Green, who we were going to pay nothing, and, and he was just going to be there to hit threes, not really play a lot of defense, just run around screens like Steph Curry does and, and catch and shoot, whatever. But he has really shown much more than that. He's been a relatively decent ball handler when he's on the floor. They obviously, like, don't go to him that much because he usually plays with a Van Fleet or a Kyle Lowry or a Siakam, uh, even a Gasol when Gasol's healthy, who are all probably better than him at, I think it's safe to say, uh, handling the ball in certain situations. And, you know, he's not necessarily looked to to play ma- to play make, sorry. He's not really looked to, to to defend the best guy, but what he does in his role and the role that he has is relatively perfect for what what we're looking for him he's only averaging five points a game but you know that's more than enough for me and I think going down the stretch 
uh, and looking at certain matchups when you get to the postseason. Uh, if you're going to have to go up against a team like the Celtics in the second round, or if you're going to have to go up against a team like the Bucks come the conference finals, you're going to need guys who can score a lot of points, and you're going to need guys who can shoot the three ball and stretch the floor for, for a Siakam or for an Ibaka uh, to get into the paint where, where they are both really, really effective and, and they have really big teams. Um, Matt Thomas is that guy. I think Nick Nurse is probably going to get him a little bit more comfortable out there playing more than 10 minutes a game, hopefully up that up to 20, 25 minutes, maybe not 25 minutes, but roughly around 20 minutes a game and, and just increase it, you know, and this, this 100% could be recency bias. I said it kind of at the top of the podcast when we were talking about uh, their record win over the Pacers uh, on sad Sunday night, Sunday night, sorry. Um, he had a career high. He had 17 points in fit just over 15 minutes or just under 15 minutes. He shot five of seven from three. He really, uh, he really killed it that night. And I think you can look to see more of the same. If, if he gets open, he's going to knock down the shots. Um, Jordan skews from Raptors Rapture has a really, really, really solid piece on, on why the Raptors should consider giving him more minutes. I think you guys should really go check that one out because it, it lays out all the good points. Um, and he does it in a much longer form than I'm I'm doing right now. So go check that out because I think it's going to happen. I think it should happen. And the Raptors should look at Matt Thomas as a guy, a specialty player who can come off the bench kind of in a J.J. Redick role. Um, maybe not as many minutes, not as, as much of, a, of an offensive load there. But give him the ball a little bit. Let him shoot the ball. See how he can help you out in a playoff series. So now heading into my fifth prediction and my very last one. Is that Serge Ibaka is going to start when Marcus Gasol comes back from his injury. This is probably one people are going to disagree with the most because of everything that Marcus Gasol brings to the table on, on the offensive end, on the defensive end. But Abaka has been doing so well in the role that he is. Uh, I don't think the Raptors and, and Nick Nurse and management and who else is, is in on this decision, I don't think they're really going to look at it and say, you know, Let's sit him and let's see how he deals with it. Just because you never know. Maybe he reacts a little bad after going on a 20-game streak that he's averaging 18.2 points, 8 rebounds, you know, 2 assists a game, couple blo- a block, a steal, almost uh, shooting 45 from 3 and, and 57 from the field. I think he's going to start. I don't know if he's going to get more minutes than Marc Gasol just because of the stuff that Gasol brings to the table with his with his passing, his defensive IQ, his offensive IQ, the way that he spaces the floor, the way that he can score on the inside. Um, just to me that what we've seen so far this season with the guys of Gasol and Ibaka, you're seeing a little bit more of an offensive presence from Serge Ibaka. And offense is so, so, so important these days in the NBA. And he's been able to do everything perfect for this Raptors team whether it's hit the mid-range shot hit the three especially as of late get inside and and bang bodies around all that kind of stuff Serge Ibaka has been doing as as well as anybody else in the league over the past little while he's been uh, a huge reason as to what that that Raptors winning streak was and he's been a big reason as to how they've won 17 of the last 18 games he's been fantastic phenomenal great center um this doesn't mean that it's going to happen in the playoffs because we know what 
a guy like Gasol does to Embiid. And Serge Ibaka obviously doesn't have that impact. And I think Gasol is even a better matchup for a guy like Giannis when he comes to town. And, and a DeAndre Jordan, um, if they're going to have to play the Nets. Or a Vucevic when, when the Orlando Magic come to town, if, if they do in, in that first round. So I don't know if it's going to be a whole, a whole playoff thing. But I do think that Ibaka is going to get some starts at least when Gasol gets back. And, and that'll be more so due to keeping Gasol healthy for the playoff run that the Raptors are going to have and keeping him uh, more conditioned down the stretch to to get back into the game and, and get, get back into things just because he's been out. He has been out for quite a while. He has been out for quite a while. So that's going to wrap it up for this episode of the Raptors Rapture Podcast. As always, I am Hunter Surplus. As always, thank you so much for listening. You can follow us on Twitter, at raptorsrapture.com. You can follow us. If you could subscribe, rate, and review the podcast wherever you listen to your podcast, that helps me out so, so much. Always go to raptorsrapture.com. Check out our daily content. Check out stuff that we write about games. Really good stuff about the Pacers win uh, this week by Lee Tanner. A really great article. Go read that if you didn't watch the game. Go read all of them if you haven't watched the game, even if you have. Check out what we have to say about it because we know you guys love our content. As always, to end the show... Go Raptors. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.